This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Every day, our world gets a little more connected but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. The breaking news just coming in tonight. The FDA authorizes the Pfizer COVID vaccine for kids as young as 12. Tonight, what you need to know about the dosage, the time frame, and how soon your team can get it. Nearly 17 million kids will soon be eligible to get their shot. But will parents let them? It's the next tool to end the pandemic as the U.S. reaches its lowest level of new COVID cases since September. America's energy supply under attack. The FBI names the culprit behind the ransomware attack on the pipeline that provides nearly half of the East Coast's fuel supply. Is Putin involved? And will you pay more at the gas pump? Bad bet. The winner of the Kentucky Derby, Medina Spirit, fails a drug test. Could he be the first horse in more than 50 years to be stripped of his title for drug use? And what happens to that prize money? Escalation in the Middle East. Palestinian rocket attacks. Deadly Israeli airstrikes. Hundreds are hurt in clashes in one of the bloodiest days in recent years. Tiger on the loose. Police are looking for an alleged murderer and his pet after the exotic animal was wandering around a Houston neighborhood. Honda's steering problem? The investigation tonight about a possible defect in more than a million Honda Accords. And amazing Amy, shattering barriers, making history, and inspiring us all. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with that breaking news because the FDA says it is authorizing Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine for children 
ages 12 to 15. And that is a move that will allow about 17 million teens to get the shots. And it could be another step in reopening schools nationwide this fall. Pfizer says its two-dose vaccine, which has already been given to more than 59 million Americans 16 and older, was also found to be highly effective in this younger age group during recent clinical trials and without any serious side effects. The White House says it is already working on plans to vaccinate teens if a CDC advisory panel signs off on Wednesday. And since millions of Pfizer doses are already available across the country, it's possible some teens could start getting shots later this week. Now, all of this has major implications for parents who have a lot of questions tonight. CBS's Dr. John LaPook is standing by with answers in just a moment. But first, CBS's Meg Oliver is going to lead us off from a new vaccination site in New York. Good evening, Meg. Nora, good evening. Since the beginning of the pandemic, approximately one and a half million children ages 11 to 17 have been infected with COVID. Now, in a significant step to vaccinating America, the FDA says kids ages 12 to 15 can get the same two-dose regimen as adults. Tonight, the FDA has just authorized Pfizer's vaccine to be used in children ages 12 to 15. A CDC advisory committee is expected to vote on Wednesday to give it the final green light. It means vaccines could soon reach nearly 17 million new arms in children as young as 12. And while some parents are hesitant. For my children, you know, great immune systems, healthy, and we don't know what the vaccine does yet. Some are not. Three of this father's children have already been vaccinated. His youngest is 15. A lot of peace of mind, a huge relief, you know, to to know that there's something out there that, that can protect him and all, all of our kids. We have to engage parents in the fact that vaccines are a safe and effective way to prevent that infection and help keep our whole community safe. The debate over vaccinating children comes as infections in kids are up 4% in the last two weeks, making up 24% of new cases, while adult cases are plummeting. Dr. Anthony Fauci says mask requirements may soon be relaxed, but public health officials also say the easing of rules depend on enough people getting vaccinated. In a recent study by the Kaiser Family Foundation, nearly a third of parents of children 12 to 15 said they would get their kids vaccinated as soon as possible. Almost half would either wait and see how well the vaccines worked or would comply only if it's required by schools. But nearly one in four said they would definitely not vaccinate. What are you encouraging your patients to do? I'm encouraging my patients to get as many family members vaccinated against COVID-19 as possible. Today, New York's governor announced a new incentive to get people vaccinated. Starting Wednesday, they will open up eight transit sites across the city for five days, like this one here at Penn Station, for walk-in one-shot vaccinations in exchange for a free subway pass for a week. Nora? Making it easier for people. All right, Meg Oliver, thank you. Now let's bring in CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent, Dr. John LaPook. Dr. LaPook, so good to have you here. So many questions. Okay, first, is the dose for 12 to 15-year-olds the same as it is for adults? Nora, same dose, same interval, three weeks apart. And what about parents who are worried? Nora, they should be relieved, not worried. 
this vaccine has been given to millions of adults, has been found to be safe and effective. And now, what a great result. Also safe and effective in kids. Yes, there were some minor side effects, the same kind of things we noticed in adults that went away in one to three days. Antibody response was great. And we have found, as this pandemic has gone along, that more and more kids, percentage-wise, are getting infected because the older population is relatively uh, protected. So now we know that kids can not only get infected, but they can pass it on to other people, even if they're relatively well themselves. But kids can get very sick and they can die. So they uh, parents should be relieved. Mm-hmm. And so the other question I think people have then is how soon could teens get this shot? There's an ACIP meeting, the advisory committee to the CDC. It's meeting on Wednesday. I spoke to the CDC. It's highly expected it's going to be approved then. And that means the vaccine is already in distribution centers. It's already in vaccines that people could get it as soon as Wednesday. Wow. Dr. John LaPook, thank you. All right. Tonight, America is on high alert for cyber attacks to critical infrastructure as the FBI has identified the group behind the ransomware attack that forced this country's largest fuel pipeline to shut down. CBS's Jeff Begays is following the investigation. Tonight, U.S. officials are pointing the finger at a shadowy Russian cyber hacking group blaming them for Friday's attack that caused nearly half the fuel supply flowing to the Northeast to come to a grinding halt. We're going to be meeting with President Putin. The White House now calling it a criminal act. So far, there is no evidence based on from our intelligence people that Russia is involved, although there is evidence that the actor's ransomware is in Russia. They have some responsibility to deal with this. The Russian-affiliated hacking group known as DarkSide implanted ransomware into Colonial Pipeline's business computers, holding their company data hostage. That forced them to shut down 5,500 miles of pipeline that supplies fuel from Texas to New Jersey. They ended up locking up the systems uh, where Colonial can't use them, and they're demanding a multi-million dollar uh, ransom uh, to be able to get access back to that network. It's not known whether the company has or will pay that ransom, But the suspension in the pipeline's operations has caused gas prices to tick up across the affected region. If this outage goes past the end of the week, prices could spike pretty dramatically. The country's largest oil refinery in Texas has scaled back operations. And the shortage of jet fuel could impact several airports if the situation is not resolved soon. In a statement attributed to DarkSide, the group said, Our goal is to make money and not creating problems for society. The FBI is urging critical infrastructure companies like Colonial to harden their defenses. This was not a nation state attack with sophistication. Uh, Ransomware is something that we have been talking about that we know how to prepare for. These massive fuel tanks behind me are part of Colonial's pipeline going up and down the eastern seaboard. The company says that it is slowly getting the pipeline back up to speed. It says that the goal is to have it substantially restored by the end of this week. Nora. All right, Jeff Begays, thank you. Tonight, the horse racing world is anxiously awaiting a second round of test results from Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit. If it's positive, the horse could be disqualified. The trainer denies doing anything wrong. And CBS's David Begno reports from Baltimore. Tonight, Medina Spirit is already at Pimlico for the next leg in this year's Triple Crown. But the horse's future and that of its trainer, Bob Baffert, are in limbo. The celebration of Baffert's record-setting seventh derby win lasted one week. 
until racing officials notified him that Medina Spirit tested positive for betamethasone. That is a steroid used to treat inflammation, but banned on race day. Today, Baffert claimed that the horse was the victim of cancel culture and that the test sample, or even the horse itself, could have been easily contaminated. It's so easily get contaminated. They can lick a wall. They can do it just so easy now. But when they're testing at these levels, it's ridiculous. But his horses have been flagged with at least 30 medication violations over his four-decade career. There have been five in the last year. Some were overturned on appeal. How do you overcome the perception that Bob Baffert cheats? Unfortunately, when you keep winning and they're testing, and it's, it's one of those things where we just work hard. Here's racing expert Ray Pollock. The bottom line for Bob Baffert is that uh, he's very likely going to lose a Kentucky Derby and that his name will be uh, tarnished, uh, not just now, but into the future. So here's the deal. If the second test comes back positive, officials here at Pimlico, where the Preakness is going to be run this weekend, might try and disqualify the horse. If they do that, Baffert's legal team says they're going to race to a judge to try and get the judge to say, no, let the horse run. By the way, Nora, Bob Baffert apparently is not coming to the Preakness this weekend because he thinks he might end up being too much of a distraction now. All right, David Begno, thank you. And we want to go overseas now because tensions between Palestinians and Israeli forces are suddenly boiling over. A battle outside one of Islam's holiest sites in Jerusalem has now escalated with rocket attacks. We get more now from CBS's Elizabeth Palmer. In the late afternoon, a barrage of Hamas rockets streaked out of Gaza toward Jerusalem. They appeared to do minimal damage. But Israel responded immediately with airstrikes which the Palestinians say injured and killed civilians, including nine children. Serious violence broke out on Friday around Jerusalem's Al-Aqsa Mosque. Palestinians, furious with Israeli curbs on gatherings during Ramadan, hurled rocks at police who fired stun grenades, some landing inside the mosque itself. By this morning, the protesters had barricaded themselves inside Al-Aqsa while running skirmishes continued with Israeli police. At one point, some protesters appeared to attack an Israeli car, which then drove straight into them. Incredibly, no one was killed. To calm the situation, authorities rerouted an Israeli nationalist parade away from the Palestinian protests. But it was too late to stop major escalation. Jews praying at the Wailing Wall scattered in fear as sirens warned of incoming rocket fire from Gaza, which has continued into the night. Elizabeth Palmer, CBS News. Back here at home tonight, Liz Cheney's days as the number three Republican in the House appear to be dwindling. On Wednesday, Republicans will vote on removing her from for refusing to back former President Trump's lie that the election was stolen. CBS's Nicole Killian reports from the Capitol. Tonight, a GOP aide tells CBS News they are 100 percent confident Liz Cheney will be removed from leadership. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy circulated this letter telling members to prepare for a Wednesday vote. It's clear that we need to make a change, he wrote. 
Cheney is being purged from the party's top ranks for repeatedly denouncing former President Trump's big lie about the election and his role in the Capitol riot, writing recently in an op-ed, History is watching us. Her likely replacement, New York's Elise Stefanik, has done the opposite, backing the president's baseless claims. Liz is being chased out. Today, Republican Adam Kinzinger said his party leadership was making a grave mistake. What she is being removed for is making it uncomfortable and being consistent. And God bless her for having the consistency to tell the truth. Only a few Republicans have defended Cheney. The episode making it clear how strong President Trump's grip on the party remains. Just today, he again endorsed Cheney's ouster, writing, The House GOP has a massive opportunity to upgrade this week from warmonger Liz Cheney to gifted communicator Elise Stefanik. Do you support Elise Stefanik for that job? Yes, I do. Stefanik, who worked for Paul Ryan and former President George W. Bush, has become an outspoken Trump loyalist. My vision is to run with support uh, from the president and his coalition of voters. Stefanik has been trying to build support among conservatives and will meet with the House Freedom Caucus this week. A source familiar with Cheney's plans tells CBS News she is definitely not stepping aside before Wednesday's vote. Nora? All right. A big week this week on Capitol Hill. Nicole Killian, thank you. We're going to turn now to a bizarre story out of Houston where people are on high alert after a tiger. Yes, you heard that right. A tiger pet was seen wandering around. We've now learned that the tiger's owner is out on bond for murder. CBS's Mola Lange has more. A tiger in my neighborhood. Tonight, the hunt continues for both this tiger seen prowling a Houston front yard and its apparent owner who's charged with murder in another case. It has a collar. It is somebody's pet. This video taken by residents on Sunday shows the confrontation between an off-duty sheriff's deputy and the Bengal tiger. The pistol was actually pointed at the tiger in case that tiger bit him. The owner intervenes, walking the tiger into the house. There was a brief pursuit, and the uh, the man got away with the tiger. Houston police charged 26-year-old Victor Hugo Cuevas with felony evading arrest. He was out on bond, charged with murder in another Texas county. My main concern right now is finding him and the tiger, getting the charge for evading arrest, which will revoke his bond. According to the World Wildlife Fund, there are more captive tigers in the United States than in the wild. Mola Lange, CBS News, New York. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. 
Tonight, New York City police are trying to find the gunman who opened fire in Times Square Saturday, wounding three bystanders, including a four-year-old girl. But police released video today of a hero cop rushing the little girl to an ambulance. We should note that shootings in New York are now up 90 percent this year. Tonight, the federal government is investigating a potentially serious steering problem in some Honda Accords. More than 100 complaints have been filed involving Accords from 2013 to 2015 model years. The owners complained about a loss of steering control. At least two crashes have been reported. Honda is cooperating with the investigation. Tonight, we want to share a story of inspiration and introduce you to a young woman who continues to break barriers and can teach us all that limits are meant to be shattered. Amy Bockersteady has earned her nickname, Amazing Amy. She's now the first person with Down syndrome to compete in a national collegiate athletic championship. Just by teeing off today, Amy is a winner. Amy, what do you love about golf? I like meeting new friends at the tournament. I have fun. Yeah, we joke in our family that Amy plays golf in order to meet new friends. Dad Joe is always by her side. What's it like having your dad as your caddy? I love being with my dad. He was an amazing guy. He was my best father ever. Some of the most fun moments of my life have been on the golf course with her. Are you Amy? One of those moments came in 2019 when she awed pro golfer Gary Woodland and the world with her play and her confidence. I got this. You got it? This video has been viewed more than 51 million times. Amy's story is about more than golf. It's about not setting limits on yourself. You know, you go through early grieving about uh, what what you've given up with your child with a disability. What I've subsequently learned is that was pretty silly. The lesson there is you just can't put limits on people. There, it was ridiculous for me to think that Amy couldn't achieve what she's achieved. With what she's achieved, Amy's advice for a tough shot can be life advice for all of us. What do you say, Amy, when you have a difficult shot? I got this. I got this. Yeah, I got this. Yes, Amy, you got this. And Amy's mom tells us that she played her best today and had a great time. We're watching all week. Okay, a third grader is teaching leadership and compassion by helping those in need, and he's doing it all on Capitol Hill. That story is tomorrow. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. 
Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.